The why for us is that we truly believe in a sustainable and inclusive fashion world where your values will actually be represented by what you are wearing on your body. You're listening to The Sustainability Issue, a podcast about sustainable fashion and mindfulness. It is about calling out the worst practices of the fashion industry, the things that have led to the devastating impact fashion has on the natural environment and the human lives involved in the process. It is also about the people within the industry who are driving the change for the better. And finally, it is about you about reconnecting to our nature as human beings and realizing the big impact our everyday actions have on the world around us. I'm Desi Gurgieva. I'm so happy that you're here and let's dive right in. My guest today is Yasmin Huber. She's an expert in sustainability, circular economy and mindful consumption. She has more than 10 years of business experience from finance to fashion tech. Yasmin wrote her bachelor thesis about sustainability in the European fashion industry and did a master in sustainability and responsible businesses. She's been working as a consultant and auditor at KPMG Austria, where she established the department Circular Economy. In March 2020, she founded We Dress Collective, a fashion rental platform with the vision to build an ecosystem where everyone can enjoy fashion in a sustainable way. I was also really, really lucky to meet Yasmin and see how passionate she really is and how much she's burning for what she does. So without further ado, welcome Yasmin. Thank you, Dathy. So nice to be here. Let us dive right in. And I'm really curious, how did everything start for you? How did you get into the whole sustainability topic? Because you actually got into it quite early. And yeah, how did that come about? Sure. Um, We need to get or go back in time a little bit. And I definitely need to start with my dominating value, which is justice. And I would say... The older I became, the more space or room this value actually became in my life. So this means, for example, that at the age of 14, I became vegetarian. And believe me, it wasn't popular at that time. So it was like the beginning of the the 2000 years. And um, actually, I had to fight and discuss with everyone around me and argue for my motivation on a daily basis because nobody would understand (laughs) so you have to think of me as a 14 year old girl like discussing and arguing every time why I would do that so this was like really you know I would say shaping um, uh, my character and I would say so my my uh, career uh, I actually started in finance and insurance sector and there I've been work, working for nearly yeah, 10 years before fully dedicating my career and life to sustainability. Mm-hmm. And I studied part-time, as you already said, um, and did my bachelor in business administration, where I first came across the topic of sustainability as an extra career option. And then I 
you know, right from the start, I, I dived deeply into the topic and I was so passionate and so in love with the topic. And I wrote my bachelor thesis about environmental responsibility in the European fashion industry. And that's what this was back in 2015. So quite early. And it was, you know, the results were, yeah, annoying because there was actually no sustainability in the fashion industry back then. Yeah. And it was a lot of greenwashing and a lot of, you know, sustainability reports actually talking about sustainability, but not in a first of all holistic way and second not in a very transparent way and um, after the bachelor thesis and after like um, completing my bachelor i did my master in sustainability and parallel to that i actually quit my well-paid job at the insurance company because um yeah i thought that it was the time to actually dedicate myself fully to the sustainability sector and um, I did a lot of internships uh, in that year. And I love to call it, or I like to call it my year of learning and observation, because I just truly believe that before, you know, training or teaching or going out there and communicate anything, you just need to observe and learn and understand. Yeah. And so I worked for a logistics company and international media group, which was really interesting from a cultural point of view, because coming from insurance, going to media, yeah. really interesting. <laughs> and after these two internships, I started my job at uh, KPMG as a sustainability consultant and auditor. And I remember my first um, task was to actually write the sustainability report for KPMG, which was really interesting because when you do the I would say sustainability report in a mm, transparent way, you definitely need to talk to everyone in the company. So mm -hmm. you have to dive deeply and to talk, yeah, you know, about also the, I would say underwear <laughs> kind of <laughs> topics of the company. Yeah. And so it was really wants. interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the very like, you know, inconvenient kind of topics. Exactly. And um, yeah, it was really interesting. And there I, uh, so after like completing my first task or like also parallel to it, I supported companies with very different appetites and ambition levels for sustainability. Because I think it's really important to understand that a lot of companies out there and every company has, you know, their own motivation, their own concerns, issues and ambition levels when it comes to the topic of sustainability. And um, so I worked in the field of reporting, sustainability management, strategy consulting, and then, of course, circular economy. So I remember it was during my master's, actually, when I came across the topic of circular economy on a you know, more, more deeper basis. And I, again, the same happened that happened with sustainability. I got totally excited. And mm -hmm. once I get excited, I need to you know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the next day I went to, um, to work and I said, okay, we need to start that because it, this is in my opinion. So circular economy is in my opinion, the, the only way and the vehicle to actually get to a sustainable world, to actually get a sustainable development habit, because yeah. we need an, 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 you know, um, economic system that supports the values of sustainability 
and uh, the circular economy is the perfect one because also it has the word economy in it yeah so, you know also business people will not will understand yeah yeah absolutely and i mean we are, have producing so many resources and in fact so many resources are already there lying around so i think yeah. we have to tap so much more into the whole idea of you know using what's already here Exactly. And not only from an environmental perspective, but also from, you know, a monetary perspective. And this is the language that all the people we know really speak. So yeah, yeah, there you absolutely. go. Yeah. Combining this, yeah, two together is really, yeah, the, where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so um, while working at KPMG, um, I had, as I said, I built up the the circular economy business line, which was really interesting. And I, you know, had to do with circular economy business models, a lot of, you know, business model innovation. I also uh, learned a lot about new and agile business models like holacracy and other models. And I think that all of this and also um, the change management training I did in 2019, actually started a pretty intense change process in myself. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm really curious. Yeah. If, you know, there was one moment where you thought, okay, now is the time I do something on my own and I make it big. Um, was there such a moment or a biggest learning you had of all of this? I think it was not just one moment it was just many moments accumulated together because i think that change is never happening just in one moment so it's you know a lot of moments yeah. collected together and i think this change management um training that i did was was really crucial for for my decision because i understood better that i need to speak up for my values and um you know i need to also point out that parallel to you know working in sustainability i also changed my own consumption behavior a lot because i don't know if you remember but rana plaza in 2013 yeah. um, the collapse in in bangladesh um, of the of the fashion factory so the pr production factory um, changed my whole consumption a lot yeah. so I had this sustainable approach in, I would say, many aspects of my life, but not in fashion. And it felt like, you know, this paradoxical, very hypocrite uh, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And it led to changing my fashion consumption from one day to the other. Yeah. So it was the classical fast fashion addict and yeah. quit completely from one day to the other. Yeah. And I started buying secondhand, went to flea markets, started using platforms like Vinted, Kleiderkreisel before they changed the name and Vistia Collective and so on and so forth. And um, who this has cool. The documentary, The True Cost, it's all about this um, factory collapse in Bangladesh in 2013. And it's very heartbreaking, but also really great to, you know, be aware. Yeah. And, um, have seen it because I think yeah it's hard actually not to change after seeing I totally agree I totally agree and I watched the movie and I was more than ever convinced that I would need to change and I'm so grateful for that documentation yeah. um, and um, yeah I would definitely recommend everyone to watch it and learn from it 
yeah. and um, yeah, change something in your life. You know, you don't need to take the big step, but baby steps are already, you know, um, moving in the right direction is already one thing that you can do. But um, which was actually interesting back then was that, you know, I also tried to follow the, I don't know if you know the 30 wears rule that Livia first started so that you, every garment that you, that you buy, that you yeah. think of, okay, would I wear it 30 times? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a great rule. I mean, I think we should apply this. We should all do this. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And I try to, you know, when you are an addict, <laughs> I would, would totally call myself an addict back mm -hmm. then, mm -hmm. then you definitely need rules to follow. Mm -hmm. So you get, you know, rid of your addiction. And um, so I started to also follow the rules and, um, you know, have some more sustainable consumption patterns in my life. But then again, um, because of my, I would say, big, big fashion appetite and um, I love to express myself through fashion. So yeah. um, and try different trends and stuff and patterns and fabrics and whatever. So um, Although I bought, I would say more sustainably, I tried out, you know, sustainable uh, labels um, and there yeah, weren't a lot of back then. I, I bought more um, consciously, but I bought something new. So this was actually where I had this conflict. So I was standing in my wardrobe. Yes, I can stand in my wardrobe. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, yeah that's, I love to have this like 360 degree view. <laughs> and um, I was totally frustrated. I was frustrated because I, I had, you know, second hands um, that I had in my, in my wardrobe and I, Nevertheless, I, I wasn't happy with what I had because I had this event or whatever it was and I couldn't find anything I, I would like to wear. Not nothing to wear, but I would like to wear. Yeah. And so then I was thinking, okay, you know, I'm borrowing my friends a lot of stuff. I'm borrowing from friends and like, you know, renting and lending a lot. And I love the concept of, um, of Vinted, so this peer-to-peer platforms so why not create a platform where you can actually um share your own closet with people in your city and you know um benefit from other closets um from people that you see on the streets and you like the style of and you can say hey <laughs> just share your wardrobe with me and so then um this was back in 2017 and since i was really busy with uh, the consulting job that i had <laughs> It wasn't the right moment, but as I said in 2019, then I, I really felt this feeling of, okay, I want to have my own company. I want to build a company based on the values that I believe in and yeah. that the values will reflect, will yeah. be reflected in the company. Yeah. And so this is when everything started. So sorry for the monologue. <laughs> was really long I love that. And I love that you actually had the company, the idea back in 2017 and still you kept you know working on it and uh, kept it alive because yeah sometimes it's not easy we have this um, moment momentum and then it go gets forgotten so it's amazing because it's totally something that we all need and yeah so it is something amazing that you've built it's called Dress Collective. It's a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, rental platform for clothes. And um, 
I have this favorite concept of Simon Sinek of the Golden Circle or the notion that inspiring organizations start with their why first, um, followed by the how they do things and finally what they do. So can you lead us through the why, how and what of Withers Collective? Yes, of course. <laughs> and purpose is the key. So <laughs> mm -hmm. I love of the concept as well and Simon Sinek is uh, a genius yeah. so um the why so I will start with the why because this is where everything starts um the why for us is that we truly believe in a sustainable and inclusive fashion world where your values will actually be re represented by what you are wearing um on your body and we love to look at things differently I would say and question and challenge the status quo from a sustainable perspective. So this is actually the why. So it's quite, you see, so it's not, you know, this very tiny vision. So it's a very broad one, a very big one. And um, this gives us a lot of room, um, yeah, to work on what we're actually doing. And so the how, how are we doing that? Um, by listening, observing and trying to understand, and believe me, it's a daily challenge, um, the needs out there and not trying to be too perfect, um, but try the best we can every day. And we're trying to create awareness for fashion, fun and sustainability. So everything goes together. Yes, this is possible. Mm -hmm. And we're creating a wonderful community of people and brands who believe what we believe in. And so I think this is the key when it comes to the principle um, of the golden circle. Find people and, you know, surround yourself with people that believe what you believe in. So mm -hmm. the people can be the, the, you know, the most diverse, wonderful human beings. And diversity is so crucial when it comes to, you know, innovation and really creating successful companies. So the only thing that needs to be there is that the belief is the same and that you share values that are similar. And so this is actually the experiment we're doing at the moment. Yeah. And if you can keep the fun factor in fashion, I think this is so important. And if, yeah, this can be incorporated into the business that you're building, I think it's an absolute winner. And um, I think you are managing to do that. And you already shared with me, I mean, I'm just about to try the platform. I have not done it yet. You told me about your experiences last week and about all the cool people you already yeah. managed to met through the platform. So that's really, really cool, I think. Yeah, it's so nice because you start with, you know, dating someone's style, if you, if you want so, but then you fall in love with the person. And this is so magical because I'm actually, you know, my my circle is growing and growing every day because I'm meeting so many beautiful souls. And I would say, of course, you need to be curious and you need to be interested in the people you meet. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. So I love what I'm doing. And this brings me to what? <laughs> so the what is... Uh, WeDress Collective is a peer-to-peer -peer fashion rental platform, which is giving um, or offering its members the opportunity to safely rent and lend uh, quality fashion. And um, yeah, we are, I would say, together as a collective, trying to change the way we dress. So this is why it's called WeDress Collective. 
So offering the fun and sharing the fun of dressing up without, you know, commitment. So you can try new things without any sacrifice. So I think this is really important. And um, the speciality about um, WeDress is that we're operating on a local level. So this means we're following a city-based approach. So we, we started in September last year in Munich, Berlin and Vienna, so Austria and Germany. And we are building up the local wardrobes, which means that um, uh, this local approach is crucial to us, not only in terms of, you know, transport routes that needs to be need to be re reduced from an environmental perspective, but also because we really want to connect the people on a local level. And of course, digitization, you know, brought, you know, networks to a whole new, I would say, level. But I think through Corona, especially through Corona, we understood how important, you know, in-person meetings and hugs and, and you yeah. know, like seeing and touching people is actually. I so I think this is, this is beautiful um, because this is actually what you can do through WeDress, like meet new friends um, through style. Yeah, totally. And you talked already a little bit about um, the people and that you're, um, you know, coloring with people who believe what you believe, but what is the actual target audience for WeDress? And do you see yourself also in the role of an educator? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the last question, definitely. So I think we have this very big, um, you know, uh, task of actually creating awareness for quality and bring back this awareness for quality fashion. So what does quality fashion actually mean? I mean, we are the most of us. We've grown up in this Amazon fast fashion era where the quality awareness got lost. <laughs> so, you know, it's about mass consumption, mass production, having everything on the gram. And, you know, so mm. I think um, this is very important for us. So create awareness and bring back the love for quality to people. And then also, um, I would say for the target audience, I know it's might be a bit of an uncommon answer that I'm giving you now, but for us, it's not about gender or age. Um, we are actually driven by a strong, inclusive spirit. Um, we address all the people that have an understanding or want to get an understanding for quality fashion, who love quality fashion, of course, and want to express themselves or, you know, just are just looking for a cute dress or a cute jumpsuit or whatever for the next party. So people also who want to try a more sustainable lifestyle and are open to new ways of consumption this is actually our audience. So we are not bringing it down to, you know, some sort of gender or age or whatever. Um, at the moment, of course, we're starting, or we have been starting with feminine fashion because it was the, you know, good start to get the wardrobes on the platform and, you know, um, a little bit of circulation already because, you know, getting men on the platform, wow, that's a hard deal. <laughs> Coming. But, yeah. But um, this is coming, of course. But we're trying to, to also see um, a garment not only from uh, you know gender perspective, because also our garment that has been produced for you know a female collection can actually be attractive for someone who who is male. Totally. 
So I think we want to broaden up also and get people more creative with fashion because, you know, besides the, the you know, sense for quality that got lost over time, also creativity got lost. Yeah, so, absolutely. And let's not forget that it's also very inclusive because in the end it is allowing, um, it's making getting, um, you know, accessing luxury fashion items actually yeah. very affordable. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. But of course, I mean, I remember uh, an Insta Live talk I had this week, and it was about, you know, is sustainability still a topic of privileged people? And of course, we cannot deny it is, because yeah. we have the understanding, we have the information and everything. And of course, we have the, the money to afford yeah. sustainable clothing. But I think, as you're saying, we're actually giving everyone out there the opportunity to, to get, you know, to taste yeah. To see yeah. what quality fashion yeah. feels like because I, I know um, a lot of, you know, co-workers I had at KPMG, they tried the platform and then um, they were like, okay, we're usually, you know, going to these fast fashion houses. And then I was like, okay, try, try, just put on the dress and just let me know how you feel. Yeah. And it was amazing to see. You know, she was this this person. She was like, "Oh my God, it feels totally different." I and I love the fabric and the cut yeah. and how it fits. So yeah. we need to get back to the feeling that and to the understanding that fashion is there to do something for you. Yeah. So there's a job to be done. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> not just to cover your, you know, bare skin, but to yeah. to 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 yeah, to actually speak for you yeah yeah and we don't have to give this up in order to be no. make more sustainable decisions and be mindful definitely and yeah i know exactly what you mean with how it makes you feel and in fact i have a few of those items in my wardrobe and i know they're so special but you also don't wear them this often in the end you wear them i don't know five times because yeah. you know, it's not something that you would wear every day so it's really really nice to actually get yeah, more wears out of out of this special thing. Exactly, and um, and like repur as a, bring back the purpose of the garment to the garment, you know, because it's not supposed to hang in your wardrobe and just like you know get dusty. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. it's there to be seen and to shine and to make people feel feel good. Yeah. So I think um, I know this is a little weird, but sometimes I think of you know me as a as a piece of garment. And I would hate, you know, to be bought and then like hanging in a wardrobe in oh. a dark place. <laughs> you, know? you want to be out there experiencing. <laughs> exactly. And I know this is a little funny, but um, I think this is think so important. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, imagine there's this human being opening the door of the, of the closet, looking at you and saying, no, I'm not interested. Not today. And, Hello. <laughs> or you're too nice to be worn at all so I know some people actually don't even wear their nice clothes and this is also heartbreaking <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um and yes when you talked about collaboration earlier briefly you do collaborate with brands too and I'm curious, what's your take on um, collaboration in the sustainability space? Do you think people in this sector are more supportive of each other? Or how do you experience this? And has, it, has collaboration played a big role for, for you? 
Yeah, so first of all, um, we dress is about community and the power of people supporting each other instead of, you know, competing. And collaboration, therefore, is crucial in so many ways, and especially since circular economies, one of the, you know, leading principles of the circular economy is uh, actually collaboration. And uh, I'm saying this and pointing it out about strong, it's about strong and authentic collaboration. Um, so we're trying to live up to this, you know, principle since day one. And our brand collaborations um, are mainly based on values that we share. So this is, of course, very important for us. But we also want to, you know, get to the other part of the world. Um, where people are consuming that maybe are not sharing the values that we are, you know, incorporating. So I think it's very important. If you want to actually make a change happen, you always need to understand what's happening on the other side. So um, collaboration is crucial, but let's be transparent. It's not always easy because especially in the fashion industry, and this includes also the sustainability bubble, there is competition and there's a lot of ego. So I think ego is a, is a huge driver. It's important because we all have it and it gives us power, but it also, you know, um, stands in our ways sometimes. Yeah. And makes us take decisions that we shouldn't take. So I don't want to dive more <laughs> into this, but I think this is always already like giving you an idea. So just wanted to say that Collaboration is a lot about communication and, um, you know, we have not as a society, as people, been trained to collaborate, actually, because from our, you know, education and from the school we've, we've, we've done, um, competition has been the leading principle and not collaboration. So I think it's very unnatural to actually ask something of us that we haven't been trained. So it's actually a lot about observing, learning, and really feeling collaboration. And then you can, then you can do it and try and try and try, you know, yeah. so yeah. try and fail and try again. So I think, um, yeah, this is all I can say about this. Yeah, this is, yeah, so true because yeah, in fact, we do grow up in a completely different system of competition. And then this is something that we totally have to learn completely anew. Oh. And um, yeah, in regards to that, that I would also uh, like to ask you about mindfulness. Um, do you have any guiding principle or anything that keeps you grounded, that keeps you um, connected in your life and in your work? Oh, well, yes. Uh, so in general, mindfulness plays, a, I would say, really important role in my life. Um, because I think sustainability always starts with yourself and especially understanding who you are, what your values are, and actually trying to live up to these values. And I would say these tasks are quite hard, <laughs> you know, to really look at yourself and be with yourself. So this is, I would say, 80% of the work that needs to yeah. be done. And after that, after being in a good relationship with yourself, this is actually where the mindful part of sustainability takes place, you know, because 
once the relationship, as I said, with yourself is okay, in my opinion, this is only my opinion, mm -hmm. you will and can actually care about the rest in a sincere kind of way. So my advice to everyone out there is look at yourself and um, be with yourself and get yourself, um, you know, get the relationship with yourself in order because I can only speak for myself, of course, but since, you know, I'm 17 years old, I'm working on, on my relationship with myself. And I think this is a huge part of the whole sustainability journey that I've been going through. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, is there something else that you want to share? Um, an advice or anything with our listeners? Oh, yeah, I think uh, so. That's always, you know, <laughs> share the advice. <laughs> and no, but I mean, from from my consulting years, I learned a lot, and I um, what I can share is, you know, typically people tell you or don't start with sustainability because they tell you that it's complicated uh, and oh, and I don't know where to start or whatever. And I think, as I said um, two minutes ago, start with yourself and ask and analyze yourself. What are the biggest impacts? Um, that I'm actually creating at the moment. So is it fashion consumption? Is it like me traveling the whole world and you know not caring about the environment? Is it um, the you know uh, things that I buy at the supermarket or whatever? And see and get an understanding for the influence you have on these impacts. So means understand the impact and understand the influence you have. And once you got that, you can easily go in mini steps, baby steps, and change because, and this is a sentence that I try to, you know, incorporate into my life every day, things are better done than perfect, you know? So try, just try to do what you can and take small steps. And this is already changing so much because besides that you are changing your own behavior, you will actually impact other people's lives because there will be questions why are you doing that why are you doing this and i don't know you know looking back at my looking back at my 14 year old self i influenced a lot of people yeah but back then i wouldn't understand it but this is how it goes you need people to actually give you impulses to change and um, i think and, you know, going out of the bubble that you're in and changing the bubble can only happen if the people in the bubble are actually changing. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yasmin, thank you so much. I loved having you. Thank you, Desi, for having me. It was such, yeah, such a nice interview and so nice talking to you. And it was great. It was so honored. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining. As always, please follow the podcast on Spotify if you haven't and share it with your friends. Also join the conversation on Instagram and Facebook, the sustainability issue. And let me know what else you, you would like to hear. Until next time.